Welcome to Climate Anxiety and the Kid Question, a podcast that explores climate change, how it impacts our emotions and sense of well-being in the world, and ultimately how we feel about having and raising children in this climate-altered landscape. I'm your host, Jade Sasser. In this episode, I talk to Olivia, a nine-year-old in the fourth grade who is very interested in climate change and is learning the facts to figure out what everyday actions we can take to make a difference. I also talked to her mother, Victoria, who is frank about the challenges of navigating children's climate anxiety in the midst of broader challenges. At the same time, she is clear that now is the time to draw closer to our communities as none of us can go it alone. Let's get into it. Hello, my name is Olivia. And I'm excited to be here on the podcast. I'm nine years old, so I'm going to be the first kid introduced here. Yes. And Olivia, tell me what grade are you in? I'm in fourth grade. And when you took science class um, at any point, have you ever taken a class where they talked about climate change? Not about climate change, but something about like, like like some things about weather. Okay, like what kinds of things about weather? It's about the like different forms of clouds, like cumulus and the other hard to pronounce uh, ones. I can't pronounce them. So you've never, well, but if you've never learned in science class about climate change, how do you know what it is? Well, um, when I was on online class, I was a bit of a goofball but I also listened to what they were saying and they were saying stuff about how the pollution changes the climate and that it's very dangerous to others and animals Mm. who was saying that where'd you hear that from in first grade online school so what did you think about it when you were hearing that stuff in first grade what what did you think well, I was thinking since it was bad for others, I thought like maybe we should try to stop climate, like getting all the pollution like into the air and maybe we should take more of like bikes and like less gas-filled vehicles that spread smoke everywhere. I also learned that um pollution if you have when you're young if if you have too much you can develop asthma. That's how I developed asthma when I was young. Okay, so you learned about climate change, you learned about pollution, you learned about asthma. Did you learn anything about stuff like, you know, the fact that it's getting a lot hotter in the summertime or that the weather is changing? It's been hotter, a little colder in the winters than usual. Mm -hmm. Is it hotter in the summer too? Yeah, it's it's like a hundred and like five degrees. That's pretty hot. That's like really hot. <laughs> that that's the the hottest place on earth ha- was recorded to have 136. Yeah, that's super hot. I I I couldn't be in that place. Um but even 105 like compared to other parts of the United States that's really hot. We just tend to not think it's super hot cuz we're starting to get used to it, but it didn't used to be that hot even here like 10 years ago. So A few minutes ago, you mentioned a hurricane. What hurricane are you talking about? Uh, it was like, like the one that was like that hit us last year. 
We don't usually have hurricanes here in Southern California. We almost never have hurricanes. So when that hurricane was happening, how did you feel about it? I was nervous. I had to drive through the whole hurricane, so that was an experience. Wait, um, you had to drive or, or one of your parents had to drive? My parents, but I was in the car. Okay. And how are you feeling in the car going through that hurricane? I was nervous, honestly. And there was like a nerve, another storm when I was, it, this was like a few weeks ago or something. Like when we're still back in 2023, but it, it was pretty early. It was like after Christmas, but before 20, 2024. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. So I was, my parent, my, my dad, I think would, no, my mom was driving to pick up my dad because we were going to Joshua Tree um, to hang out with him. And um, we, there was, like, thunder and, like, lightning and stuff, and we had to drive through that. Whoa, how did that feel? I was like, like, no, I was way scareder than the hurricane. Yeah, I think thunder and lightning can feel kind of scary to drive through. So when you think about climate change, it sounds like you think about hurricanes and storms. Is there anything else that you think about? It's also about um, the, the climate, like when it gets hotter and colder during, during random stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but like a year ago, it, it was like a, a year ago, it was raining all the time and it was raining like well, not all the time, but it was more common than this, like last, last year. Yeah, but a year ago in particular, one day it snowed. Do you remember that? It was, I think it was more of a hail than snow. Oh, where I am, it, it snowed. It was actual like flakes of snow. Lucky. <laughs> I can't, I can't experience snow. I can only experience hail. Ah, okay. But even hail, that's kind of weird, right? Like we don't really get hail very much here. Um, In 2020. Two or 2021 I had two hailstorms happening during that year and I I walked around in one and I was like um um like on the porch on the other like when we were like on the ground I was had I had a kid sitter at the time so we were on the ground and I kept on getting hit with the hail <laughs> it wasn't golf ball size but it was like around yeah so okay when all of these weird things are happening, weird weather, hail, maybe colder than it should be, hotter than it should be, hurricane, thunder and lightning. Um, and when we know that that's attached to like these changes in the weather, climate change, do you have any emotions about that? Any feelings that you feel about that? I feel like worried that it, it might get more intense in the future. Hmm. Because if it's already getting a little intense now, it should, it might be, be able to get more intense in the future. Yeah. What do you do when you feel that way? Well, I try to not to think about it. And most of the time it works. That's pretty good. Do you talk to anyone about how you're feeling when you feel that way? Well, not about like, weather and climate change but for like different feelings that I feel like when I'm stressed 
out about like something that happened at school or like I'm upset that someone was rude to me and told me what to do, even though they're not the boss of me and I'm the boss of myself. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, okay, so I I wonder if, I mean, if you're thinking about this stuff, I wonder if other kids are thinking about these things. Are other kids thinking and talking about climate change? They're not talking about it at my school, but I can't read minds, but they might be thinking. Hmm. What do you think would happen if you kind of talked about it with your friends? Well, I don't know if they know as much stuff about climate change as I do, but they might know some, so they might, like, tell the facts that they know that I might not. Mm-hmm. Do you know your facts about it from, like, books? No, I, I don't read weather facts, like, books. How did you learn your climate change facts? I don't know. I was self-taught, I guess. Or, like, from having a lot of climate change from we where we are, we're mostly hot. I guess I self-taught myself from that. Oh, How, did you self-teach yourself, like, online on the internet or by reading or listening to things? Uh, it's more of just, like, maybe a little bit from the internet, even though the internet is not 100% true. I'm mostly self-taught. Oh, okay. And so... Way back in the beginning of this conversation, um, you started to talk a little bit about like different things that people can do to maybe use resources differently or, or use energy differently or maybe turn the lights off. What are some things that people can do every day to kind of make a difference when it comes to climate change? How much can I say, by the way, because I have a lot of thoughts running through my head about this kind of. Um, you can say all of your thoughts. Okay, so first of all, when you're not using a light in the room, you could turn it off so you get your parents so we don't have to use that much electricity. And um, instead of like using cars to go everywhere you go, maybe like even across the road to like get to somewhere, you can easily walk or even ride a bike. Mm-hmm. You could also um, like when you're not using water, you could turn it off. Like, even when you're brushing your teeth. Oh, yeah. Good and, point. Um, you can clean up people's, like, trash and stuff outside because we don't want any more litter, as even though there's so much already. That's true. You know, the things you're talking about sound a lot like sustainability. Have you ever heard that word before? Yeah. No? Okay. Just bringing it up because sustainability really is like about everyday actions that you can maintain over a long period of time to make things better, not just for yourself, but for, but for others, for others. Yes. And for the long term, too. So like the future will be cleaner, for example, if you and everyone picks up trash or even does a lot less polluting in the first place. So I wonder, since you know all of these things, do you do these things at home or in your own life? Well, at least I try to remember, but if I forget, it's also kind of fine because someone else might do it because I have a little brother, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if I accidentally keep the light on, it could always stay on for him whenever he's there, even though it's still bad and it's still kind of polluting the air. 
Mm, okay. And what about your mom or other family members? Do you tell them the facts that you know? No. No? Why not? Because they never bring it up whenever we're talking. The only reason I'm saying that is because sometimes when kids learn facts, like in school or are self-taught, they want to help educate the people around them. And sometimes the closest people are like parents or family members or adults in their life. Yeah, um, I totally understand. Well, this is my last question. What are some things that you think we all could do to make the world a cleaner, safer place when it comes to the environment? Like, to the environment, do you mean, like, litter or, like, just, like, things to, like, safe pollution? It could be any of those things. Okay, so I think that people should go on more trips to find and clean up stuff in the ocean because whenever I go to the Aquarium of the Pacific, we always see, like, whenever we're outside, you know those, like, um, there's, like, um, whatchamacallum boats out there and there's like a a little river bank not river ocean bank mm-hmm. and um in the ocean bank there's tons of litter really yeah have you seen that seen the litter yeah you know sometimes there are organized days like activities that are called beach cleanups where you can volunteer and clean stuff up and pick up trash and remove it from the beach have you heard of that before? No, but I, 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 I don't. I, I might do that if there's any like one nearby. But also, I don't like to get my hands all sticky and like accidentally touch like a, a something squishy that might be a jellyfish or something. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Uh, they give you gloves and they give you protective gear so that you wouldn't hurt yourself or touch anything gross. And then they give you like stuff to put it in so that basically it's you and a bunch of other people all cleaning up the beach for a day. Hmm. There's You could also, instead of like with cars, I'm seeing like a ton of cars driving right now. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of cars, you could use like bikes if you're going nearby mm-hmm. and you could walk if they're, it's like very, very close. That was my conversation with Olivia. I spoke separately to her mother, Victoria, who talked about Olivia's growing awareness of climate change and how she responds to Olivia's concerns. Let's take a listen. Hi, my name is Victoria. Um, I'm a single mom of two, my nine-year-old Olivia, who you heard from, and I have a five-year-old James. How do you identify personally? Um, I identify as Filipina, American, um, and... I am cis, straight woman, um, and I try to kind of live my life and all of my decisions kind of come from um, bell hooks in particular discussion of integrity and how your actions, your words, and your thoughts should all match. And so that's how I, I try to live my life. So I wanted to ask you, first and foremost, where are you from? originally and how does the experience of sort of experiencing California's changing weather how how does that impact you as someone who's not from here yeah so I was born and raised around Cincinnati Ohio 
Um, and so I am from the Great Lakes Midwest, um, where kind of changes to seasons actually was the norm um, when I was growing up. And so, you know, we had the falls. My birthday is in April. So I remember in a given week, you know, and this is I'm 40 years old. Um, I remember it could be sunny, snowing, raining all that same week of my birthday. Um, and so I think one of the biggest changes moving to Southern California was just the lack of change, right, <laughs> to some extent. Um, and especially the first few years, just kind of always sunny and what changes is perhaps how hot it is. Um, but I have noticed even in the past three or four years, it's um, the weather has just gotten so much more extreme um, and worse. So, you know, the rain and the heavy, the, the infrastructure here just can't handle rain uh, in the same way. And so when it rains heavily and we don't expect it, um, you know, that, says a lot for just the complex for when we're driving, you know, and my kids, you know, like Olivia was four years old, I believe when we moved here. So, and James was born in Riverside. And so this is all they really know. And so kind of, it can frighten them and they're not used to kind of, um, changes in weather. It's really scary in a way that, um, as someone who grew up in an environment where it depended on seasons and so changes to weather was the norm, I can see the, the impact even of just rainstorms being outside the norm and, and the kind of anxiety my, both my kids feel when um, there's extreme weather. When did you first notice that your kids were responding to the weather with anxiety? I'm not sure, to be honest. I think that my kids have both. And, and I think this comes from being a single mom. I've raised them um, along with my grandmother, who is 75, and she lives with me. And she has a lot of health issues. Um, she had a heart attack right before the COVID shutdowns. Um, so it's been a lot of stress. And so my kids have been, um, are always worried. They're worried something's going to happen to me when I go running in the morning. So since COVID, I don't go to the gym. I just run outside, you know, my grandma's at home. And so the kids are there, but they're always worried something's going to happen to me. It was hard for me to disentangle the anxiety around climate change from their anxiety around other issues. Um, but in the past, year, maybe two years. Um, Olivia in particular has just gotten much more vocal about her anxiety about the climate. And I remember when they picked me up uh, from an airport and it was a huge storm like no other. And it, it was very scary for them and the whole time, like, and Olivia just keeps coming back to kind of this huge storm and driving through it to go pick me up. Um, and so it's probably been within the past one to two years. I think the storm that you're referencing was the hurricane that 
passed through. I, I think it downgraded by the time it hit land, so it didn't really hit us as a hurricane, but there was so much attention to it, so many predictions, and we in this region, we were in the direct path, yeah. which was scary in and of itself. And I, in our conversation, mine and Olivia's, she also mentioned that storm. So I wonder, since you have noticed increased anxiety around the climate from Olivia, how are you responding or navigating those changing feelings that she's expressing? Well, I always try my best. One is to validate her emotions and feelings. Uh, feelings are never wrong. <laughs> emotions are never wrong. Um, you know, my goal in, in kind of parenting is to provide the validation that I never received growing up about my feelings. And so I, my approach is to validate, to ask her to explain or to talk about it more, you know, to, to have her kind of verbalize what she's feeling and why. Um, and then think about, I'm less, I, you know, I feel, I always feel guilty because part of this is just the standard kind of trope of mom guilt, um, you know, and, and that I could always be doing more and I could always be more empathetic, um, doing more actions to address it. But I, I'm honestly so exhausted into my day to day that often um, validating and hearing her out is sometimes the only thing I can do. Um, in an ideal world, I would try to have us do more action items or, you know, and, and we pack our lunch, you know, like even though our school system provides free lunch, the kids don't like it. So we have like a lunch pail and we try to do like um, recycling and reusing, reduce and recycle, you know. Um, but unfortunately, and it's, it's a little embarrassing. You know, I wish I could do more, but I'm so exhausted. But mostly it's to to validate her feelings and hear her out. Well, I I would like to say, you know, the mom guilt, the feeling like I could do more. I mean, that's part of the system in the first place, right? Like climate change is the result of these big institutional actors um, and the patterns that they are creating through capitalist extraction of resources. And then the impacts are landing on us and making us feel bad about not behaving differently, not doing more, not knowing more, not feeling more sort of calm and stable about it. So if I can help redirect that feeling just a little bit, I think it's really important to understand that it's actually not up to you to manage climate change, right? And you are taking care of your children as best you can, but also the cause of these emotions, it didn't come from you. And so- No, I appreciate that. Thank you. And and I appreciate kind of thinking about it more broader and the systemic kind of root causes of it. Um, but it's also so hard because- you know, you want your your kids to be able to do the things they want to do or kind of 
I don't know. I wish that I see all of her anxiety and I wish that I did have the power to address it. Right. Um, and I don't. And yeah, then I fall into this trap, as you just mentioned, of like individualizing everything um, as opposed to understanding the structural reasons and systemic barriers that prevent, you know, or that are causing um, the climate change. I also just want to make clear, though, that these um, industries, these institutions that are extracting fossil fuels and extracting other resources, one of their goals is to make their role invisible and to put back this feeling of responsibility onto us as individuals. And so one of my goals is to reject that <laughs> and help other people reject it too, because we are not. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's great. And I really try to also like one of the things that I do is I just try to address contemporary happenings with my kids at the level they understand, you know, um, whether it's racism and, but then also do so in a way that doesn't strip Olivia, for example, of hope, you know, like, and because I think something that could happen is a feeling of helplessness, that it's too big, that we can't do anything. And so how do you balance? No, it's not our, like, we didn't cause it, but are there things that we can do that are within our control. There are many things outside of our control. So, so what is it, you know, that we can do individually um, while also, I think, kind of talking about the larger structures. It's hard to balance everything, I don't, you know, and climate change is just, it's all interconnected as you know, but it's just one of so many things that are on fire literally and figuratively within the U.S. and around the world? And how do you raise kids? How do I live? Like, honestly, even <laughs> aside from parenting, how do I live? I don't know, you know? Well, that that's, I mean, that's the question. That's the, the whole topic. How do you live as a person, as a person who might also sometimes be really anxious when the weather is really weird or when it's 110 degrees? And then you have to also manage and navigate those feelings for these two little people who are looking up at you all the time and want to know the best way to do it. So I want to leave with this one last question. If you could talk to someone who is considering becoming a parent and is feeling worried about all the things, all of the things, climate change among them, what would you say to them? I, to be honest, I'm not sure, you know, especially no one, you know, or at least I didn't think that I would find myself in the position I'm at, which is as a single mom of two, also taking care of my grandma, of family back in the Philippines, and navigating and handling everything. And it's hard work. Um, and you can't do it alone. <laughs> you have to have community. If it's not a, a spouse or a partner that you need other people in your life to manage it or else just 
it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Um, and, and also for the kids to have other people they can talk to. And I think that that would be the key takeaway is that we're not meant to be in isolation, that we have to survive um, through one another and support and be there for when others are down and and celebrate their own wins. And so just trying to pass that along because managing it all by yourself and trying to be everything to your kids is just exhausting. Um, so I can't be the only one talking about climate change. I can't be the only one talking about racism. I can't be the only one talking about, you know, women's reproductive rights. Um, and so trying to make sure the spaces that my kids are in are more critical as well as I can. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Climate Anxiety and the Kid Question with me, Jade Sasser. I produce the show with production assistance from Elliot Fong at KUCR Riverside. Please be sure to join us for the next episode.